This episode is sponsored by Hydroware, the world's first and only hydratinitis superativa specific wound dressing system. But really it's for anyone with wounds in difficult to dress areas of the body, such as the armpits, buttocks, and groin. Hydroware eliminates the need for dressings to be adhesively attached to the skin. It facilitates quick and easy dressing changes, enabling patients to self-manage wound care more effectively. Their goal is simple to help you spend less time thinking about HS so you can get back to living life to the fullest. Check them out now at hydraware.com. That's H-I-D-R-A-W-E-A-R.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And folks, Hydraware is now available in the United States using your insurance. It can be prescribed by your provider, billed directly to your insurer, and delivered right to your door. Check out the HydroWare website for more information. Hi, folks. I'm Wound Care Karen, and I have a passion for wound care. Today's episode, we're going to discuss hydratinitis superativa. And my special guest is my friend, my coworker, my co-nurse, Massa Karazi, BSN, RN, and Avora certified wound nurse. Now, let me explain some of those initials to you. The BSN means that she has her Bachelor's of Science in Nursing, so that's her degree. Her RN means that she uh, has a registered nurse license in the state of Texas, and she's been certified by a company called Vora, uh, showing that she has experience uh, in wound care. So, um, and when I say Massa, her name is spelled M-A-H-S-A. And her last name is Karazi, K-H-A-R-A-Z-I, Massa Karazi. So I would like to welcome Massa. And um, before Massa even says hello or gets started, I would like to um, mention the Persian elephant in the room and kind of um Massa your name is a, a it's unique it's a mouthful almost <laughs> as much as hydratinitis super almost, almost <laughs> yes so clearly you're not from Kansas if you don't mind no, no. explaining to folks uh, a little bit about your background let's get to know you yeah okay I mean so uh yeah my, uh, my name is spelled M like Mary A H S A and it sounds like Massa so the H is very confusing. It's not Marsha. It's not Masha. Not that there's anything wrong with those names, but they're just not mine. So when uh, when I'm trying to explain to people how to say it, I'll I'll say it's like NASA, like the Space Center, but with an right. M. And you know your girl is spacey, so it's a good way to remember that one. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great way yeah. to teach people your name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, NASA like NASA. Yeah. Good. And so, yeah, um, it's a Persian name. I'm uh, originally from Iran. I was born in the late 70s in, in uh, the country of Iran, over in the Middle East. And so the ethnicity is Persian. I came over with my folks in 79 and cool. uh, straight to Houston and have lived in Texas my entire life. And I... I I'm very, very interested and involved with my culture, and yes. uh, my parents, thank God, they're still with me. They actually live with me, and mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, so it's a rich history. It's a rich culture. Yes. It's very much a part of who I am as much as being a Texan right. and an American. And a woman and, and a nurse. And all yeah. of the things and a hot mess. And so all of those things are me. The Persian <laughs> Hot Mess Express. Yes. And, and as Karen will um, testify, I do run on uh, Persian Standard Tide. So I'm constantly late everywhere at all times. Awesome. So, and and of course, like many immigrants, you are bilingual. Yes. Yeah. Okay. A bit of Farsi, so or Persian. It depends on who you talk to, what they want to call it. If it's Farsi or Persian. Okay. All right. Well. Well. Say something in Farsi to us, please. I mean, bad words or no? Oh! Okay. We'll, just, we'll start with a simple hello, and it's the same as you will find in Arabic, but it's, um, we say salam or salam alaikum. Hmm. Um, and I would also say congratulations to you in Farsi, which is also the same as Arabic, but they're two different languages, but it's mabarak. So mabarak it on your beautiful new podcast, and Ooh, I'm very, very proud of you. Thank and you. I couldn't be more thrilled. The, all of this is so fascinating. It is. It is. I, well, I'm enjoying it. It's a labor of love. It's, yeah. it's a lot of work, but it's so much fun, too. It yeah. really, really is. Yeah. Really is. It's nice to see your journey. But thank you. Yes. Yes. Well, it's nice to share my journey mm-hmm. also. Um, would you like to hear something in my native language? I, you know, where are you, what is that even? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, right. So I'm from uh, central Pennsylvania. So this is... Um, up until the age of probably 11 or 12, this is uh, what I would have sounded like. And then I'll translate. <clears throat> hey, Massa, uh, yins want to come down the creek and catch some crabs? Uh, Mom said I could go, but after I read up my room and help her hang the wash. Are you? What the? <laughs> so, so uh, yins is the plural for you. So is it's, that a y'all? It's a, a y'all here in Texas, right? <laughs> Um, That's incredible. A, a crick is a creek, yeah, so okay. I'm inviting you to the local watering hole. Yeah. Um, crabs is what I, th- it's what we called crawfish or crayfish. Crabs? That, yeah, so we called them crabs, but down okay. here they're called crawdads or crayfish or crawfish. Uh-huh. Or, I didn't, okay. I, you know, I thought they Mud were, bus. I thought I was catching crabs, but I'm, you know, I'm in freshwater creek. I hope you never so, catch crabs. I can you crabs. just be safe out there so, and never catch crabs? So, <laughs> but yeah, we would catch crabs and eat them, of course. And then, um, and then I mentioned my chores. So, so yeah, mom would have me red up my room, which red is up? yeah. So that's a, a Pennsylvania Dutch term, and it means like to tidy up, oh, or like, maybe like to ready up your room. Okay. Yeah. So that's okay. where that comes from. And then, um, and then wash. Of course, I uh, we hung wash. I used wash rags to clean my face. Okay. Uh, up until and hand to God, this is the honest God's truth. Up until the age of eleven, I thought the capital of the United States was Washington, Washington. D.C. <laughs> Washington D.C. Honey. <laughs> Did they teach reading and writing in Central? Like the there's a letter. I'm like I know that my name has an extra letter, but like yours doesn't have the letter, and it's, you hear it. Like it's, it's our dialects, awesome. I love I it. Just I I from find, one culture to another. Right, right. Yeah. I find you know wordplay and language and dialects. That's why I like etymology of words. Yes. I I. Find it Say fascinating, etymology again. and I love etymology. I can't even stand you right now. 
That's so good. All right. So all the way from central Pennsylvania and Iran, uh-huh. here is Masakrazi and Wuncare Karen. So hydratinitis superativa. My gosh, that's a long word. Yeah. Okay. Let's, can you just give us a definition of it? What does it mean when I say hydratinitis superativa? What is that? Okay. So hydratinitis, hydratinitis however you want to say it there's so many it sounds mm-hmm. like a dinosaur in your mouth mm-hmm. but yeah it sounds like a harry potter spell doesn't it yeah like <laughs> you know but not a good like a no like a curse yeah <laughs> yeah so hydradenitis superativa which because it's such i'm just gonna call it's commonly called hs so i'm just gonna refer to it as hs yes. from here on out and good. if you're confused you haven't been listening <laughs> I, you just need to rewind the cast a right <laughs> So, um, okay, so HS, it's pretty complicated, but let's let's try and just break it down mm-hmm. to its essence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a chronic inflammatory skin condition. It's progressive, mm. and uh, there's no cure. And so there, we'll talk about this a little later on, that there's some debate whether it's autoimmune or auto-inflammatory, mm-hmm. but it's in that world. Mm-hmm. Um, so... HS has also been called uh, acne inversus or acne inversa, depending on where you go. But mm-hmm. it's not really that's that's an antiquated term for it. But that's what it was, you know, first called when right. in the late 1800s when it was kind of first starting to be identified. Right. And and, and can I give you the actual the root words uh, where? Hydradenitis superativa came from. Is this your etymology? This is like, let me break down these words for you (laughs) because I love to. Okay, awesome. So hydradenitis, the first root of that word is, it comes from hydros. It's the Greek word hydros, which means water. But since we're talking about the body, it means sweat. Okay, so Uh sweat. And then um, adin is a Greek word meaning gland. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, of course, itis, we're very familiar with words that end in itis, and that means inflammatory disease or inflammation. So it's literally inflammation of the sweat gland. Okay, yeah. And then superativa is actually from a Latin word, uh, superativus, which meant literally to discharge pus or to form Delicious. pus. Delicious. You're welcome. Um, and you and I know, of course, in medicine, we don't use the word pus. I hate that's, that. It's word not a medical so term. So much. Right? I do. do you, too. How many notes and progress oh. notes and you know surgical notes? And please and, don't describe it as the adjective pus. Like pus, and then e to like nope. describe. Descri- no, nope. it doesn't look good on paper. No, and that's a completely different thing. No, and in fact, so <laughs> the medical term, so superativus. The again the Say, base why word. Why do you sound so like Italiano? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm Latin. <laughs> so the the P U R in it uh-huh. that's that's the base of our medical term for pus, which is purulence. Yeah. Yay, purulence! Um, and of course the adjective purulent. So those are the words. In medicine that we use to describe pus. So yes, that's, and you'll um, hear me say those words and not, not yucky. P-U-S word. Yeah. Okay. Right. So again, literally uh, an inflamed sweat gland which discharges pus. Uh, I'm. You know what? And that on it on mm-hmm. first glance, mm-hmm. when you're looking at this condition, is a perfect description. Right. Right. I could but, I could see why they would name it that. Yes, yes. I can too. On first glance, that's what it looks that's like. What an it infected looks like. sweat gland that's discharging pus. Right. But it's not that. So we know yes, that now. Yes, but no. <laughs> right. Yeah. Also, 
and yes. And ish. Then, Maybe they should no. just end it in ish. Ish. <laughs> I, Itis. Right. Yes. Yes. Ish. Okay. So um, thank you for that, by the way, because, yes. you know, like this is so fascinating and so yes. interesting. I love it. Um, but the acne inversus, also, if you want to break that down, it looks like, you know, that's basically more of a description of how deep seated these nodules that can come up can mm-hmm. be these lesions. Uh, can be very big and inflamed and angry and hard mm-hmm. and yeah, it, it's just very painful. So it's less used. It, it, like I said, it's very antiquated. So mm-hmm. talk more about uh, how to define it. It's basically it's thought that this condition is thought to affect the that level of the skin where hair, hair follicles and apocrine, which is a specialized type of sweat gland. Uh-huh. Um, these this is where that occurs. This level of skin and these regions of the body. Okay. So um, so what does it look like? Like what what are the symptoms? Um, you're gonna have deep seated nodules, abscesses. These lesions will oftentimes sinus tract to one another. Mm. You're gonna have lots of of inflammation around the lesion, mm-hmm. lesion. Um, you're going to have uh, lots of purulent drainage. Pussy drainage. I can't <laughs> even with you. I had to. You had to, don't you? Yeah. Okay, okay so but anyway, so that these areas of the, this level of the skin and these areas of the body that have the apocrine gland mm-hmm. uh, and, and this follicular activity, mm-hmm. these are your underarms, the axilla, under the breasts. So and when you say axilla? That's uh, your armpit. Okay, gotcha. Armpit, um, let's just go real. So armpits, mm-hmm. under the breast, And uh, this breast, under breast region is for men and women. Mm-hmm. It's not just women who have breast tissue. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. And then especially if you're a little bit more on the obese side, you can tend to have this breast tissue that will overhang. Mm-hmm. And where the skin touches the skin, and that's a very important aspect of this condition, is where skin touches skin. Mm-hmm. You're going to end up having a uh, an eruption mm-hmm. or a lesion that can surface, and they're off. They can be as small as a pimple, mm-hmm. or as I've seen them as large as oranges in some mm. region. So it, you can imagine that it's very painful, right? Um, and that's why it's considered a debilitating. Almost every source that you look at for something like this, they'll describe it as a debilitating. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, condition. So yes, under the breast, in the um, armpits, under the belly hang, on the mons pubis, groin, mm-hmm. uh, between the legs, buttocks, uh, pilonidal cysts and pilonidal sinuses are very common as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that perianal uh, region. Mm-hmm. And then like, in, especially again, with the with people who are a little bit more obese, you have it in the flank because, you know, you got back fat. I got back fat. <laughs> Who and, doesn't have back fat? I mean, not. not I don't trust I don't people know, that don't have back fat. Listen, <laughs> I may trust you, but I need to know what you did to get rid of it. <laughs> what kind of garments are you wearing? Right. So <laughs> anywhere these are, and these are all our dark, moist areas yeah. where skin, like you said, skin yeah. touches skin. We yeah. sweat a lot. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, and but the two elements that are usually common are follicles, mm-hmm. hair follicles. And some, some sources say it's only in the terminal hair follicles. So these are the darker hairs, not like the little peach fuzzy hairs. Oh, okay, uh, okay. I was today years old when I learned. So they're called terminal hair Terminal hair follicles. Okay. Yeah. But there's some, some wishy-washiness with that because there are other people who develop these flares that don't have terminal. They uh, have the peach fuzz okay. type okay. hair in those regions. 
but but usually most commonly you've got terminal hair and yes. these are the darker hairs the ones that you're you are going to get easily picked up by like say a, a, a laser for laser hair removal okay um and those special types of um, sweat glands mm-hmm. friction can cause it you know but we'll get into other those other mm-hmm. things like and tell us um preface it here with your journey so you're you're more than just a wound care nurse who who treats hs i am a warrior so yeah i have this condition okay. so i would I, I, I call it a being a warrior because i'm much more i feel like i'm much more than a sufferer i'm a survivor yeah. and it's it's something that i will because there's no cure for this mm-hmm. and because it's progressive mm-hmm. and because of the trauma that's involved with experiencing this condition and managing this condition, mm-hmm. I, I really love this idea of adopting the identity of being a warrior because it is a fight and you have yes. victories every yes, single yes. day. Yeah, challenges yes. and victories. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's absolutely. a great term. There's HS actually, warrior. and we'll talk about this a little more later, there's a, mm-hmm. there's a support group out there. Um, that calls themselves the Hydratinitis Super Team of Warriors. And oh. I just, they're so wonderful. Okay. So, yeah. Yes. Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about different, like, is it all that bad or are there stages? No, are there yeah, milder so cases? Like, what I described these big, large sinus tract, you know, terribly draining, purulent yeah, lesions, dis- disfiguring, disfiguring uh-huh. scarring. Um, they can get confused for cellulitis or mm-hmm. other types of, you know, infectious mm-hmm. processes or conditions. Mm-hmm. Those are, that's what happens in the advanced stages. But there's the ramping up period. Okay. And and, so, and that's what you mean when you say progressive, It right? is progressive. So yeah, so not, non-medical mild. people might not understand that. But when mm-hmm. we talk about a disease process being progressive, we mean that it, it starts out and may be mild and eventually it gets worse. Like t- time... Time is not your friend. <laughs> it will, when we say a disease is progressive, we mean it will only get worse. Yeah, it, yes. it will only yes. get worse. Yes. And uh, it, so this is one of the reasons why it's so very underdiagnosed. The, be- mi- the milder stages? Be- yes. yes. Because of how insidious these milder stages mm-hmm. can appear. They just look like, to me, honestly... They just look like pimples or they little do. boils. Yeah. And, they're, and they're just one or yeah. two. One so or yeah, two. Just, there and no red flags are raised. Yeah, exactly. And so like you might have a collection of little blackheads in your armpit mm-hmm. or in your groin. Mm-hmm. Like who doesn't get ingrown hairs yes. in these places. Right. But that's kind of how it starts. So mm-hmm. like if you feel like an ingrown hair that's got like this pea or marble texture like under the skin, mm-hmm. that's kind of... The beginning of hydratinitis, mm. but it's it's more than just that because it's usually paired with all these other comorbidities, and we'll go into that. Right, too. right. Not to say that everyone who finds a little pea or marble under mm-hmm. their skin is going to go on to develop HS. Right, but we're just explaining what the very very, very beginning, beginning stages, stages feel it. and look like. Right, and right. so and and then as it continues on, then. We're trying to explain to the audience so that if they see, you know, one plus one, we, we're trying to explain these di- the progression of the disease. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and, that, and, and I'm glad that we're touching on this because it's not just for the person who's affected by this. This is for clinicians to understand, too, so that yes. when you see somebody 
who mm-hmm. you may be a primary care doctor. You don't have to just be a dermatologist or a specialist. Mm-hmm. You need any level of um, provider. You could be a nurse. nurse. You could be a physical therapist. Right. You could be a nurse aide helping right. someone change their clothes. Yes. And you notice all these scars under their armpit. Yes, this is yeah. for everyone. It's just like every other, how often do we hear it? Every other level of care and so mm-hmm. many conditions. The more eyes. Yes that are out there looking for um, certain signs and symptoms of things and with the awareness of of the existence of these conditions, Mm -hmm. the more we'll get treatment at earlier stages so that we can help more people avoid the... Because there is a way to slow the progression. And we'll talk about that more later. But um, just like with any other disease, you catch it early, you treat it early, you get better results. Like anything, yes. Right. So that so we talked about the mild and it's like mm-hmm. peas and, and marbles under the skin and then so uh, this is the hurley stages so uh, there are other staging um, methods mm-hmm. but this is the most common one so it's okay. the, the dr hurley they love naming things after themselves right that's why there's so many different <laughs> so staging systems <laughs> but dr hurley won yeah, so they, he's winning so far he's got three stages and it's mild <laughs> okay he's at the head of the race right. um, so he's got the the we've kept Covered stage one, Hurley stage two is your moderate. And so this is when it's starting to ramp up mm-hmm. and you've got more peas and they're closer together and mm-hmm. they're recurrent and mm-hmm. they're a lot of times they're, what do you call that when they're not just bilateral, but when they mirror, yes. you know what I'm talking yes. about? So you'll yeah, they're get... like touching. They're like little kissing. Well, not or... just, not just oh, that, sorry. but I'll like, uh, I'll have one in one armpit and then I'll have another and then other armpit. My armpits aren't touching each other, but they're oh, mirroring right. one another. Oh, it is wow. wild. Okay. So like... On the wow. butt cheek. Yeah, it is just crazy. Yeah. So um, so that's, they're recurring, they mirror, mm-hmm. they're, they're getting deeper. Happening more often. They're, yes. Mm-hmm. And they're taking longer to resolve. They oh, yes. start sinus tracting under the skin at this point. Oh. So in stage one, we don't have sinuses. Mm-hmm. And they're not into the deeper layers of the skin structures. But now we're getting a little bit more deep-seated, and they're connecting under the oh, skin. Little devils. Right, okay. Really. And so, and this is when you'll see those double-sided blackheads. Yes. Right? So I, be aware of that. When yes. you see a double-sided blackhead on someone, that's not normal. I can just, I can picture that because I've seen... I've seen them on patients. Right. And I've seen photos and books. I know exactly what right, you mean. Right. Yep. And and the the pain mm. is nearly unbearable with these kind because of the amount of inflammation and how mm. they're starting to get closer together. Mm-hmm. So in stage one, these these lesions are smaller and they're more widespread. And now mm-hmm. we're starting to get them for longer. They're bigger. They're deeper. And they're closer together. So the the inflammation that you get on one can affect the inflammation. And so you've got this sort of like nebula Mm -hmm. (laughs) in a region that is... Right. It's the perfect storm. Yeah. 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 So So it just feeds itself and yes. Right. And so then you've... And that's just moderate. Right. So now... So we haven't even gotten to this. No. Stage three is severe. Mm -hmm. And this is... um, truly horrible for uh, the people who have to deal with it on this level mm-hmm. uh, because um, of how deep the sinuses can um, connect, how yes. chronic it can be, how widespread it's diffuse or near diffuse. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got multiple intricate. So it looks like an, if you look at it on a sonogram, 
or an mm-hmm. um, or an ultrasound rather mm-hmm. um, of what severe stage three HS looks like. It looks like an anthill where you right. see all of these interconnected sinuses and roads that yes. lead from one area to another. And there's a giant pocket of f- fluid purulence mm-hmm. um, underneath. And so, uh, yes. and, and, and very and, often this stage needs surgery. Absolutely. Of how bad it is. It, yeah. yeah. So this is the, and we'll talk again about, mm-hmm. um, about how to treat these different stages right but yeah yeah that's what that's what the stages are um and it's interesting you mentioned the sinus and the sinus tract because i read somewhere uh i was reading different terms of mm-hmm. of hs of course the acne inversa etc mm-hmm. and um i saw somewhere that um at some point someone called it fox den disease you shut up what? because can i be a foxy lady now? <laughs> you are a foxy lady <laughs> let me tell you why if if you ever grew up seeing a little fox den or foxboro like i have mm-hmm. it's the perfect description of it is there, there's like a little opening and then there's like a little burrow and that's exactly what these um hs sinus tracts looks like fox you den disease just blew my whole brain you're out. you're a fox den warrior i am so. a foxy <laughs> machine isn't that awesome now why didn't that term stick around I fox don't den know. disease that's i it's, love it that's it's not important enough. that that's a term that i would throw money to research on not hs it, it but just, fox den disease i'd know, be like tell me more about that i'm gonna go to the um, online forums and say have you and we're gonna start a bowling league of foxy ladies with satin bowling jackets just like right? we're in greece yes and have a theme song yes <laughs> and the fox will be your icon fox and den disease I, i'm gonna name this podcast the rabbit hole <laughs> disease of fox den disease we're just, we're just go yeah <laughs> that's interesting You're, that is amazing i'm so happy you are something else hey i, I did, did a little research you know just i've done so much i've here. never come across yeah. that oh as soon as i saw wow. that it made so much sense wow yep, they okay. look like little fox burrows super cool yeah yeah and so the scar- there's a lot of scarring involved mm-hmm. because of the inflammation oh, yeah. so you're stretching the skin mm-hmm. and you're disrupting these um skin layers and then you're healing them mm-hmm. over time yep so you've got all of these folding type scars yes and then you've got smaller scars that look like elongated pores Mm -hmm. and if you see that on a patient or if you're looking down at your inner thigh Mm -hmm. and you're seeing these elongated pores you probably should get checked for having hs right because that's that kind of scarring pattern doesn't really happen with a whole lot of other skin diseases no uh right so yeah that's a a good way to put it that's a good sign i think that pretty much covers what i i'm hoping that everybody gets an idea now of what they're gonna visually see when they're looking at a lesion of of hs and and how that works yes and again recognize it on your friends your clients Mm -hmm. your customers your loved ones these these area these recurring areas in the armpits under the breast sometimes back of a neck Mm -hmm. groin buttocks all your private areas Mm -hmm. um that is the hallmark of hs yes um but what causes this why do we get this what are some risk factors what tell us more massa okay so no one knows what really causes it we have really we have an idea Mm mm-hmm but that's still, if, even though it was discovered in the late 1800s, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. 
we still, it's a big black hole. We don't know. There hasn't been enough study. And so what we do know, we know. But what we don't know is so much. <laughs> if that makes sense. You don't sense. say. <laughs> you know, I don't know what I don't know. I don't know right. what to tell but, you. <laughs> but, even, but even what we do know, like what we thought we knew even in the 1950s, yeah. we, we were wrong about. Absolutely. Right? And then so, like what we thought in the 90s. And in the 2000s, mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. expanding on that. So yes. here's here's some things that we do know. So I'll okay. touch on those. Yes, yes, yes. Um, There are risk factors, right? Mm-hmm. So there are mul- there there's a genetic component. So most people who have HS have had a family member oh. um, in close relation that has also had HS, whether they knew it or not. You ha- you can have yes. it whether it's been diagnosed or not. Right. Um, okay, that makes so, sense. So it might be genetic factors. It, there's definitely a genetic factor. Mm-hmm. There are um, other like environmental factors and behavioral factors. So these are modifiable. We like to make a distinction about the non-modifiable versus Mm -hmm. the modifiable Mm -hmm. um, risk factors. Things you can change, things things you can't change. Right, right. Mm -hmm. The things that you can't change, sorry, but the things that you can change, hopefully it'll make a dent. That's where you can gain, you know, the power and the control. That's where the warrior comes in. You know what I mean? So I found this really great resource. Um, It's called Dermnet, dermnetnz.org. And I think it's out of New Zealand. And they really put it so well. Okay. And I'm not in the, oh, sorry. I'm not in the business of uh, reinventing the wheel. So I'm just going to read from their website. Okay. um, About who gets HS and what causes it okay. um, from from their understanding. And this is, I, I, I really like the way they put it because it's very concisely put and well put together. Mm-hmm. Um, so hydradenitis supertiva often starts at puberty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mm-hmm. most active between the ages of 20 and 40. Now, I was diagnosed when I was 30. You were diagnosed with it. Oh, no, no, but- no, no, no. Rather. I would uh, no no I was not that's when it appeared ah. that's when it became very active okay now looking back knowing what I knew now mm-hmm. know now I can see how some of the beginning stages did start when I was in puberty but oh. for many people that we've come across in the clinic that are in their latter and middle yes. age years yes that this is the first time anyone has ever mentioned or said, hey, do you think that, you know, has anyone ever told you about hydradenitis supertiva? They've never heard of it. And it's through us that they get diagnosed because we have our eyes on their skin. Yes. Um, And well, because we have knowledge of the disease. Right. Yes. They've gone through 15 other practitioners or providers. And they're well into their adulthood. Yes. That's, Middle ages. Yes. So just, I, 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 I've heard other um, providers poo-poo and say, oh, it couldn't possibly be HS because they're too old. You know what? I'm going to need you to walk that back a little bit. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> All right. So let me just keep going. Here. Guess which finger I'm holding up. You know, <laughs> catch me in traffic. Okay. <laughs> catch me outside. Uh, active between 20 and 40. Mm-hmm. You know how I feel about that. Ish. And yeah. Ish. Right. Strong-ish. Uh, and in women, uh, can uh, it can resolve in menopause. Wouldn't that be nice? My mother, who I think has a very mild form of HS, mm-hmm. thanks, Ma. <laughs> um, uh, she's she's already past right? that age. She's sure. in her seventies. She'll still get a bump here or there. Okay. So poo-poo on this too. Mm, Um, Well, but all of this is anecdotal, yeah? So it's like the the confluence of evidence. Anyhow, so, but I digress. 
Um, <laughs> but, but the good news is she doesn't have a severe no, case of it, no. and and she's postmenopausal. So that is great news. Yes, if you can, sure. if you girls, if you could just hang on and reach menopause, mm. it'll, it'll get milder. You've got another kind of hell waiting for you in a different way. <laughs> That's a just whole nother podcast. There, <laughs> <laughs> like the cat on the limb yes. and on the poster just hang in there and suffer just <laughs> it's hot wherever it is it's hot <laughs> okay so but and this is interesting it's three times more common in females than men so oh. you're uh, if ladies out there it's three times more you're three times more likely it to develop this Darn. than than a guy, yeah. But that and, number and this actually is what gets... makes this is what makes me think a lot of it is hormonal. Yeah, that's what it just convinces me. And but but just um, from our experience, though, we have treated men and women. Yes, in, in so, our own care clinic. Yeah, that's so. interesting because that 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 statistic kind of gets turned directly on its ear when you talk about um, Asian origins. Oh, isn't that interesting? So male Asians mm-hmm. have a higher rate. Yeah. Than female, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, yeah, yeah. I, the, you're right. There's a lot we don't know about this, and I don't. I and so and hormonal. Some of the studies that I've looked at, it's inconclusive. Mm-hmm. But why do I get a flare when I'm on my period? Right, and I've heard that from why did several I... female patients with HS? Yeah, very often their flare ups are during their time up. Right, yeah. and I really had. I just said before I was 30. That's when I was pregnant. When I was 29, when I got pregnant with mm-hmm. my first child, mm-hmm. and I erupted like crazy oh my god so it was during that first pregnancy and subsequent pregnancies that so in my early 30s is when this started to really activate for me wow and it was with those pregnancies so hormones research inconclusive my life Mm -hmm. (laughs) patient stories anecdotally but how much you know this is why we need more awareness and i'm so grateful for your podcast for that so uh family history of hs 30 to 40 percent oh wow 30 to 40 percent report those are not good odds so a lot of and those are just people who report that no yes yeah that well that knew about it yes. to report right. yes right. yeah i agree yeah so yeah those are not good odds here's okay. some other um uh, non-modifiable type risk factors okay so we've got uh obesity and insulin resistance so mm-hmm. some people say obesity and insulin resistance is modifiable because it's lifestyle I'm kind of middle of the road with that. I think it's a little bit of nurture and nature here. Um, mm-hmm. So I and, think it's a lot of nature, honestly. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I tend <laughs> As to a agree fellow with you. fatty myself, you I... know. But does that mean that if you're insulin resistant, you're you're going to uh, and or obese, you're going to get HS? No, nope. because there are so many very slender people, men and women, yes. who have HS, never been diabetic, don't have diabetes. Yes, yes, you're um, right. You're and, right. And aren't insulin resistant. Yeah, we treat people. Yeah, we have treated people of all sizes. 100%. You're right. It's this, not just this thing obesity. doesn't is not a kind master. Mm-hmm. Um, cigarette smoking, that's modifiable, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So there's a strong correlation. Correlation is not causation. Mm-hmm. Uh, with cigarette smoking and HS. A lot of the people who report having HS are also cigarette smokers. But again, correlation, not causation. It's just mm-hmm. one of those things that makes it works worse. But there are also, again, other people out there who have never smoked, yes, never want to smoke, don't even have secondhand smoke ever in their life, and they've got this thing. Right. 
Right. So. Yeah. Uh, or the chicken and the egg thing. It, are right. they smoking because they have HS? Honestly. To deal I with their stress. I have had a know? smoke or two because I just hate this shit so much. Excuse my language. But <laughs> <laughs> But did I get a flare? No. Right. Is right. smoking good for you? No. No. Please don't. Right. Ever. Again, like <laughs> like any wound, you know, so so HS causes you to have wounds and smoking will really slow down yeah. your wound healing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, again, just yet another reason to not smoke. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So another interesting thing is um, African ethnicity. So uh, you know, are African-Americans, are people who are very melanin-rich mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Ha- have a higher likelihood of developing this, especially, you know, I've seen a lot in men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a Humira ad that you can see on TV right yes, now. Yes, I saw And that. it's a beautiful black man. Mm-hmm. And he's walking down the street, and it's an advertisement for um, Humira to treat HS. And yeah. I just love that commercial because it's a target for the people who need to see it and hear yes. about it. So. I about cried when I saw it. It was <sighs> the first time I ever saw mentioned in advertising yeah. about HS. Yeah, so, you know, my first, I did a double take. I'm yeah. like, did they say HS? Is that wow. excuse me? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I did. I dropped a tear. All right. Some more of these uh, factors are uh, follicular occlusion syndrome, Um, acne conglobata. Ooh, conglobata. Yeah. So this is where deep seated nodules like fox den, like you're describing, mm-hmm. where they burrow and connect. Mm-hmm. That's what happens in acne conglobata. Oh, right. Okay. So it's very similar to HS, mm-hmm. although the the vulgaris, the, that ter- certain type of bacteria isn't present for oh. HS where it is in acne. But it, it acts a lot the same um, in, in some ways. And it might be part of a syndrome because I remember having this type of acne when I was younger and had to get oh. treated with Accutane. Oh, in that okay. while, yeah, interesting. So, um, oh. uh, dissecting cellulitis is one of them, mm-hmm. and pilonidal sinus. Mm-hmm. So here are some other ones, right? It's, and again, for for our folks who don't know what pilonidal sinus is, so it's just uh, it's an inflammation it's on your tailbone, so to speak, top of your butt crack, um, where the hair, and very often happens in hairy individuals, the hair just kind of gets trapped in there, and um, it builds a little uh, sinus, um, becomes an abscess, can be very painful. Very. So yeah, it's 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 a relative of HS yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 But there, but then there are also folks who who only have pilonidal sinus disease and not HS. Yes, agreed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I would really, really love for us to keep an eye on these young ones who come in with the pilonidal mm-hmm. that ha- haven't developed other symptoms yet. Right. Yeah, and we and we do that on admission. These, yeah, yeah, like when we admit them and we're do- taking their history, we always ask them and we look you know hey can yeah. we look in your armpits do you mind if i right. look in your groin and, and we we real we recognize their private areas but that's and that's why we need to look you know yeah. and what we're looking for is the scarring mm-hmm. the the blackheads you know the telltale signs and if the and if the pilonidal is something that ha- is an isolated thing that they don't have other symptoms mm-hmm. with but they have like some of the other um uh risk factors that mm-hmm go along with maybe developing HS later on, mm-hmm. it's really, it's a really good idea to start 
getting these people in to make a relationship with a good dermatologist early yes. on so that if it does develop and hopefully it never does but if it does that you've already got a relationship with someone that can handle it right right and guide you through it without yes. having to be as lost as so many of us are out there with this yes All right. smart yeah be proactive yes catch, yes. catch it early yes catch okay. it early so okay let me go on to talk about some of the other things that are um kind of go hand in hand with um hs mm-hmm. IBS, mm-hmm. IBD, Ir- irritable bowel syndrome, yep. irritable bowel disease, and Crohn's. Very much so. Autoimmune, auto-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've treated many, many, many a patient who has HS and Crohn's, or yeah. HS and IBD. IBD, yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> Confession time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. someone said and i'm gonna cuss a little bit here but, so somebody once said yeah ibs i be shitting <laughs> i'm like yeah i'm on that one too, right now <laughs> yeah they, they come very commonly together yeah. yes yeah um, and and to me it makes sense because i like to simplify things in my mm-hmm. brain so to me you know the hs is something i see on your skin on the outside Mm-hmm. And the IBS or IBD or Crohn's is what's happening on your intestinal mucosa on the inside. It, d- it makes so, so much sense to me. I'm like, well, of course your innards are inflamed and weeping because so is your skin on the outside. Yeah. So, you the, know, that's so interesting that you say that because mm-hmm. that makes me think of like my mom mm-hmm. who, you know, we've been in this country forever. But like I said, our culture is so important to us. And mm-hmm. so some of our, you know, old old world ways mm-hmm. have come with us. And when this first started happening, she was like, it means listen, uh-huh. something inside is your blood is hot. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. <laughs> your, your stomach is hot. Yes. And if it's. If it's on your skin, it is inside from your body. Yes. She's describing your inflammatory process. Yeah. And so she said, you have to, uh, she said, S- stop eating sugar mm-hmm. and start eating cucumber. Turns out you got to stop eating sugar anyway. Yeah. Right. Isn't that wild? Right. So yep. listen to your mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, let me talk about some of the other things that are very common too. Because I, I hmm. if only we could just drill down and talk to these people so that you know they could be a little bit more forthcoming and put the connect the dots the way they should be right well so, hope hopefully they're listening to this yeah, podcast so. or their sister is patients yes, yes yes so um other skin disorders that are also kind of you know in that same uh world that come up mm-hmm. is, are psoriasis autoimmune yes. autoimmune acne mm-hmm. um hirsutism Yes, and do we can, know what that is? Ooh, we sure do. Can yeah. I take this one? Ooh, yeah, ooh, pick please, me, please, pick me. Please. And let me have some tweezers while you're doing yeah, it. Right. <laughs> yes, the hirsutism uh, simply means hairy. Mm. Yeah, and uh, so this is how the, this is the medical term for someone being hairy. So it's the folks who have a lot of hair. Hair. Yep. You mean you get a Persian hairy girl? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> but yeah, no, we see this. Our yeah. our more hirsute patients are. Yes. Uh, are very often the folks that have HS and or pilonidal disease. Yeah, yes. so because if you have more hair, you have more hair follicles. If you have more hair follicles, there's a lot more chances something's going to go wrong. So speaking of follicles, mm-hmm. what else goes with hirsutism? 
is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Yes. Right? So you're you now not only do you have a problem with the follicles in your skin, mm-hmm. you have a poly- problem with the follicles in your ovaries. Follicles are follicles. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's also list- linked to insulin resistance. So you'll there's a strong correlation. Very strong. In women who have polycystic ovaries, mm-hmm. as do I. PCOS. Yes. Uh-huh. PCOS is what it's called uh, commonly. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I also have PCOS. I was diagnosed mm-hmm. with PCOS before I even had children. They said I couldn't have kids. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And then this doctor went into my abdomen and cleaned out all the hyperplasia in my uterus and uh, vaginal canal and burned out all the little... He said it looked like um, I had a string of pearls wrapped around my ovaries oh, with all the wow. cysts. And so wow. he burned each of them out and he said, still don't count on having kids. Mm. And then, you know, like a year later, I'm popping out a kid and then another one. <laughs> oh, so, wow. but yeah, so that, I mean, that's the beautiful part of it. But... And, and, and again, that's very often what HS looks and feels like is a string of pearls, you Absolutely. know, in, in that moderate yeah. and severe stage Under when they're the all skin. just like strung together. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yes. So wow. I'm so curious if any of your listeners want to have a way of getting back to us about the, some of the mm-hmm. things that we've talked about. But if any of you guys out there have polycystic ovaries, Mm-hmm. Um, with or without HS, but have had children. How many of you had also had gestational diabetes? I'm uh-huh. just so curious right. about that. Okay, okay. If you if you're listening out there and you have those three things or two things, and you want to email us, just uh, give us a shout out at contact at woundcarekaren.com. Oh, I'm so curious. I hope you get it at something. Right. Or even if you're if 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 you're a clinician or a provider who has mm-hmm. some information about this connection. I'm just so curious about it, so hit us up. Um, okay, so other com- comorbidities are hypertension, diabetes, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. dyslipidemia, thyroid disorders, which I also have. Mm. Um, wow, you're checking a lot of the boxes, a, I told you, I am wow. on the hot mess express. <laughs> 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 I, and I don't have hypertension. I have hypotension, which goes along with having high thyroid issues. So. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And, Interesting. Um, so there's a whole host of things. And I'm, I'm really just not going to continue to but waste your time but uh, on on this because everybody can go to this website and read all about it. And yes. like I said, it's it's really well put together in this particular source, dermnetnz.org. Um, but Perfect. one thing that and, I... And we'll, sh- we'll, we'll share that link in, in the description of the uh, podcast here. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, the one thing that, that, that they do highlight in, in this website under this section here about who gets mm-hmm. HS mm-hmm. is they're looking at these syndromes, which this is the only place I've ever seen these syndromes uh, sort of talked about in Mm -hmm. connection with hydratinitis. So one is called PASH, P-A-S-H syndrome. Okay. So it's, it's, it's a grouping of pyoderma gangrenosum, which we see in the clinic a lot. Yes. Acne and hydratinitis super deep. (gasps) And then there's PAPASH. And and again, all auto, what we think autoimmune things. Autoimmune, auto-inflammatory. Yes. Auto, all, all kinds of auto, auto. Wow. Yeah. And then PAPASH syndrome is pyogenic arthritis, pyoderma gangrenosum, uh-huh. acne, mm-hmm. and hydratinitis supertiva. Wow. Isn't that wild? It's 
just again i think there's so much that we don't understand about the human body mm-hmm. about the role of immunity mm-hmm. and hormones mm-hmm. and inflammation and how they all work together right or, 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 or don't, don't. <laughs> or don't get along how yes. they, you know how can a beautiful you know mm-hmm. family turn into a dysfunctional family and that's what happens in your immune system when all of these things go haywire. Right, because I'm thinking, you know, so, so many of our wound care patients have more than one autoimmune disorder. Yes. And and it's any of those that you have mentioned. It's, oh, it's, it's like the, a circus. It, it, yes, you yes, know? it is. It and is. When you've got one, pretty mm-hmm. sure you've got something else going on. Yeah. And we were talking earlier when we were just chit-chatting about, about how, the role of possibly how EDS, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is a connective tissue disorder, has mm-hmm. also been um, linked with, uh, especially in women, uh, with um, ADHD and autism, and now there's rumblings of the same thing with HS. Wow. So, yes. and it would make so much sense that there's a connective tissue disorder. Yeah. And it's autoimmune. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just, I, the more we know, the more questions we end up, <laughs> and the dumber I feel. Oh. And I love that. I love that because it makes me so curious. It well, it frustrates me in the beginning because because mm-hmm. just when I think I know the answer, you know, HS is well, it's mm-hmm. autoimmune, and, and then you go down that rabbit hole, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, wait, no, it's autoinflammatory. Wait, yeah. and then we're going to start talking about what autoinfective is. Autoinfective. So a lot of times when you hear about autoinfective, you'll hear about it in in respect to like parasites, mm-hmm. but autoinfective mm-hmm. really just means that you're you're getting an infection. So from one bacteria getting transplanted to another part of your body. So it's, mm-hmm. you are your own it, source of yes, your, <laughs> yes. of a bacterial infection. Yeah, which your own natural HS. yes, your own natural bacteria or yeast or fungi or whatever mm-hmm. it is that mm-hmm. is on you is now uh, infecting a different part of your body. Okay, right, I can which happens that. in HS. Ah. So uh, you know, we talk about it all the time about how one of the reasons why it's so confusing to mm-hmm. uh, to uh, providers mm-hmm. because it looks like cellulitis, it looks like an infection. It behaves. I mean, rightfully so it behaves like an infection it does you had me at pus yeah yes the the purulence itself um very often makes many or most providers think infection absolutely so what do they do you've got you've got the 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 induration yes it's red it's hard it's hot and it's draining pus yeah and it stinks and yes and it's yes and it stinks literally right yes so what about that says this is not infected right that, Let's take a culture. Those are the Guess symptoms what comes of infection. Back. It's sterile. Right? And that yeah. leaves them scratching their head. How can this purulent drainage, mm-hmm. this pus mm-hmm. that I just sent to the lab, how can so it come pussy. back sterile? Yes. How can it come back sterile? <laughs> how do you smell pussy? Listen, <laughs> this is a family show. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it clean here. Sterile, in fact. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. So, yeah, so very often when HS lesions are, uh, when send a specimen to the lab, mm-hmm. it, the culture comes back sterile. No growth. Nope. No growth. Regular skin flora. Mm-hmm. Normal skin flora. Okay, so here's here's what's so awesome about the quote-unquote normal skin flora. Mm-hmm. Your normal skin flora makes me sick. Yes. Literally. Yes. Literally. Yes. So this is where that comes into play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you can get secondary 
bacterial infections in an open wound. Mm -hmm. So we're touching, we're moving. I have an altered immune system. Yes. Right. Here, the staff that lives on your skin. Yes. Yep. Comes into my armpit. I lend you my stethoscope. Yeah. Yeah. Here, hold this infection. Right. And Mass is not being rude when she says my normal skin flora makes her sick. What we're literally talking about is our microbiome. Yeah. One of my favorite words. So, and can that, I break it down? Please do. It's more Because, of course, micro, uh, Greek, micro, meaning small or little. Um, and biome, from Latin bio, meaning life. So, little life. Yeah. It's our little life. So, this is so, I'm so happy that you broke it down like that. Because mm-hmm. you have to look at the, you know, we all have more bacteria, cells, on in and on our body than we do human cells oh yes that is a fact oh absolutely 100 percent. yes in, the majority of our weight is our microbiome and it's we all have bacteria yeast fungi and mm-hmm. parasites living on us all over our body so you can every think day. of your skin mm-hmm. as a little ecosystem yes a little right? city a right? little country yes. so my city is at war and um, the residents of my city are different than the residents of your city. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when, so I have an altered m- microbiome. Because of your HS. Right. And that's what they're saying. Again, correlation, not causation. It, mm-hmm. But these, they're finding these things as consistent uh, consistent findings in, in the studies that they're, and I'll, right. I'll, um, give you the link for this article that kind of breaks okay. that down if you if and now it's pretty science heavy um article mm-hmm. but for all of you science nerds out there who love microbiology like uh karen and i do yes you can decode that one and yeah. read it and it's so interesting like i cannot i can't even scream the praises of this article even awesome. it, it just breaks everything down so well right right because there has to be uh, a reason why my micro microbiome on my skin Mm -hmm. and and on my insides is perfectly fine and it's not at war with itself as a matter of fact it's helping you to keep you healthy to help fight invaders yes and mine is like nope off the clock sorry (laughs) on vacation gone fishing new phone who did Right? That is so, the yeah, best. We, need, we need science. We need research yes. to figure science. this out. Why? <laughs> science. Why, why does mine act perfectly fine and normal right. and keep me right. healthy and glowing? And why is yours at war with itself in your armpits, groin, yes. you know, private yes. areas, etc.? So it's yeah. not about being unhygienic. Nope. We're too clean. Yes. We're too clean. Mm-hmm. And we got to get cleaner. That's mm-hmm. why I have a dirty mouth. <laughs> daddy daddy girl <laughs> but okay so now that you're talking about this microbiome and we mm-hmm. were earlier talking about um inflammatory bowel disease yes and uh ibs mm-hmm. so they found with ibs that it's an alteration in the microbiome of your gut mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. same same yes same same yeah. interesting and, and the treatment <clears throat> one of the treatments for ibs or ibd is the fecal transplant. Uh, and that is just what it sounds like, where we take shite from healthy people who do not have IBS, and we literally put it inside of folks who are suffering and sometimes dying. Pills? There are pills, but there's also enemas and, you know, for you, several different ways to get it in there. Baby girl. But to put put that 
these healthy, happy germs, bacteria, feast, young gut, fungi. Can I just fungi. take a probiotic? Is it a way <laughs> shit and die? If it were that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, you eat, hide, and live. Oh, okay, this, okay. This, this, yeah, this, all right, all right, all right. This, <laughs> this is really going yeah, to so a dark place. Right, but... But honestly, seriously, yeah, you know, yeah. a lot no, of success it. with fecal good. transplant yeah. and it's all has to do with my microbiome. Right. It's, it's changing, um, you know, getting rid of your bad microbiome mm-hmm. and putting in a healthy one. It's, it's that it's simple. The, it's uh, course correcting in the levels yes. of the types of bacteria and the yes. presence of the, the numbers of these bacteria. Yes. And how they, you know, interact with one another and stuff like that. Yes. So that, I thought that was a really interesting thing to talk about. So. Yeah. It, amazing how it all just, it makes so much sense. And yet there's still so much we don't know about it. Oh, yeah. So, but the prevalence worldwide. Is, oh, wow. It's 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 microscopic. They so, think it is. Well, but that's what what's known. So right, right. now the reported prevalence is 0.1%. Let me say that that's one a tenth ten. of 1% to a whopping 1.19% worldwide. I find that really And in the US it's 1 to 4%. And this okay. is so so like unbelievably low, I believe. I do I have I evidence? No. no. But <laughs> do we have anecdotal evidence? Sure. Yes. Does it worth anything? Not really. <laughs> Will not, anyone listen not, to us? Not so much. <laughs> Maybe some other day. <laughs> right, but that you and I both know that number is it's definitely too small for right sure. it's right. got to be inaccurate and why is it it's, so it's considered a rare thing and it's gaining a little bit of traction because mm-hmm. of rare it can get some money's thrown at it for being a rare disorder mm-hmm. but, but not too rare because then not too much money will get right, thrown exactly. at you know it's so, like careful that's balance the, it, right yeah exactly that's why that's you're you're saying something so important because that's why it's so important for the awareness to come out mm-hmm. and it is it's happening it is again that's why i was so thrilled when i saw that commercial on television <laughs> mentioning the words again for the first time in media that i yeah. ever heard it yeah 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 it was really important because mm-hmm. it felt so seen you yes, know yes and all of us who have hs everyone that i've ever talked to or you know chatted with online or whatever mm-hmm. we all go through this sense of loneliness mm-hmm. yeah you've... because you feel like you're the only one this 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 right this leper no, yeah no this one's per- talking no one's about talking it talking about no. it and, and it's so embarrassing and i and that's why it's underreported mm-hmm. because it's not recognized widespread throughout the clinical community mm-hmm. to recognize it and diagnose it appropriately. Mm-hmm. It's misdiagnosed. So yes, it's, I've I've personally experienced clinicians and providers telling me that I need to wash more, which is horrible, mm. horrible and embarrassing and traumatizing. Mm-hmm. I've been told, and other people have been told, it's um, a sexually transmitted disease. It is not oh my god it is not so i uh, okay listen to this i heard a story on on the forum one time where this young lady who is very well educated about her own disease process Mm -hmm. went to a provider and said well i have hs Mm -hmm. and the provider was like let's get you some because she thought she was saying herpes simplex Uh, hsv i (laughs) see i'm like are we're not going to ask questions you right you know thanks for assuming yes like yes do better guys do better and again not that 
anything's wrong with having HSV and there are no, treatments for it. But absolutely. yeah, to just assume that. Yeah. And yeah. What, a, what a big difference. What, what an you insult couldn't to be more somebody wrong. who has HSV and what an insult to somebody yes. who has HS. Agreed. Like yes. you're not going to do your due diligence to get to know your patient. Right. Because they're completely different processes, different treatments. Yes. Yes. So anyway, I, that's my soapbox and I'll talk to you later. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, so how is it diagnosed then? So okay. let's give a shout out then. To- so is there a test you can do for HS? No. Mm. No. Mm. It's all about clinical presentation. That's why it's so important for clinicians to willingly educate themselves because you're not going to mm-hmm. learn about it in nursing school. You're not going to really nope. get um, taught about it too much in um in medical school, in nope. your rounds, I mean, how many, is there a dermatology? What a rotation, they, rotation. Yeah, dermatology Sorry. when you're when you're in do medical they school. About it? It's it's probably have, very small. It's just like anything else that's mm-hmm. specialized in the medical field. You have to kind of search it out on your own. And there's plenty of information out there. Mm-hmm. There's a whole book mm-hmm. that you can get through Elsevier, and it's listed in the resources on. Um, Perfect. HS Resources, which is a, um, a, a resource website for clinicians. Okay, okay. And, but it's open to the public, too. You can get, if okay. you're fancy, you can look it up. And I, it's helped me, it's helped tremendously. So, yes, uh, mm-hmm. but I highly recommend. We'll, we'll put all of the these great resources out in the show notes. Right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's diagnosed usually through clinical presentation of symptoms. Mm-hmm. So right. you have to so, be aware of what they look like, all those different symptoms. Right. So if, if you're a clinician, a provider and and your patient is telling you you know well and you're seeing their scars and their armpits and groin and oh yeah I've always had boils pimple they won't know what to call it oh yeah they'll when, call it a carbuncle for uncle yes, yeah all of yes. those mm-hmm, oh mm-hmm, I get them mm-hmm. a lot and oh yeah. they're painful so when you're hearing this I I hope it's catching your attention yeah put let's put these signs together mm-hmm. and connect the dots and, yes so that you can suspect that that patient might have HS. Right. So, and you can do ultrasounds like I was talking about before. Like mm-hmm. when you look at a severe case, it'll look like that fox den mm-hmm. or the uh, ant hill, yes. right? With all these interconnecting sinuses and stuff. Mm-hmm. But in the earlier stages, you can see the involvement in the shallow, shallower mm-hmm. and catch it there. Yes. It's an ultrasound. Yes. I mean. Catch it soon. Catch yes. Catch it soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's how, that's basically how it's, how it's diagnosed is through clinical pre- presentation of symptoms and, mm-hmm. and, you and mentioned... being able to, to recognize the comorbidities that go with it. Right. They're not just diabetic abscesses people. <laughs> or the patient's not just dirty. They don't yeah, need right. to wash themselves more often. Yes, you do need to control your sugars, but what about the person who's insulin resistant and doesn't have diabetes and still get these yes. diabetic ulcers or diabetic abscesses in the, in the warmer months mm-hmm. in on the buttocks or uh, in the uh, perineum? Right. You know? Right. Let's watch out for those people, not just shame them for being, you know, obese and diabetic. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So we're talking about these theories you know autoimmune we're throwing out these words autoimmune right, right. autoinflammatory right. autoinfective first mm-hmm. time i heard that today right right so talk a little bit about this what which is it do we know is it all three what yeah what do, what does each one mean yeah it, have you ever seen a, a rainbow colored zebra that's what this is <laughs> that's what, it's everything all of it 
everything. <laughs> it is like, you know, a Muppet that has all the body parts attached to mm-hmm. it. It is mm-hmm. that. So autoimmune, let's talk about it a little bit. Um, autoimmune, we've always heard this term. It, we know that it's when your body attacks itself, right? Mm-hmm. So, But what part of the immune system? It's the adaptive immune system that is attacking native structures. Mm-hmm. So your common ones that people have heard of are going to be like lupus mm-hmm. and rheumatoid arthritis, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of um, folks have heard of that. Psoriasis yep. is autoimmune. Mm-hmm. This involves the adaptive immune system antibodies attack native cells and structures that's your ra your lupus and your psoriasis mm-hmm. now auto- RA, ra is rheum- i'm sorry yeah rheumatoid arthritis okay. so that's where you see these um oh who's that lady she Mar- mary berry from the earlier episodes of the british baking show Oh, yes. Do you yes. remember yeah, her? She would her. show her hands. That's classic Ari. Ari so she yes. had swan neck, um, fingers, and the like... Really large were, joints. The really, yes. yes. And then they were starting to turn in and get, and get deformed. So mm-hmm. that's your Ari, mm-hmm. right? It's very painful. Painful, yes. Right? So, and, and that's a common thing with all of these auto, auto, autos, is the pain, 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 pain. Because you're of the just... Inflammation, 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 yes. And just, you know, you're turned on yourself yes um so auto-inflammatory right Mm -hmm. so um this is your innate immune system that's turning on you so like say you get a cut or say you get um some bacteria in your skin or you get a little bit of a cold and then you're um that's when you see the inflammation happen that's part of your immune right right so yes right because inflammation is natural it's right it's uh part of a process of your body it's necessary for life yes yes Uh yes this is part of your immune system doing exactly what it needs to do to fight uh, an invader Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so what happens when your body is like oh this invader happens to belong to me (laughs) right but i don't recognize it so i think i'll attack anyway that's what happens that's why we were talking about the microbiome and Mm -hmm. the skin flora Mm -hmm. because my body thinks that those things that are that should be normal Mm -hmm. are not right right my sweat is not normal Mm -hmm. it's gonna get inflamed must attack yeah yeah right like shut it down right it's just always always at war with itself right 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 right, exactly so that's and that's what you'll see crohn's and Mm -hmm. ulcerative colitis yes yes and your your bowel is just at war with yeah everywhere you've got these environments of microbiome yes Mm-hmm. So that's that's in, uh, auto-inflammatory. Now, auto-infective, like we talked about before, is a pathogenic agent that's already in the body, mm-hmm. um, and it's transferred to another part of the body. So that's like your secondary infection for HS. Right. So it's living, you know, happily, and it's happy and healthy, say, on your elbow. Mm. But but then somehow it ends up in your groin. You know, you lean mm-hmm. on your leg, and it goes to your groin. Mm-hmm. And at there there... Then it's like it, it, you know, right? All systems attack. So, like, say it's your fingertips, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I've touched something, and then I've touched my flare, mm-hmm. or yes. touched a piece of skin. Yes, and then boom, you've got a secondary infection. So your flare that was acting like it was infected, but the the purulence is sterile. There's yes. there's nothing in there. There's no infective agent in there. Right. That a culture will detect mm-hmm. is now infected by a secondary bacterial agent that's come in and exacerbated the whole thing. Yes. 
Right. Yes. So like, let's say I have um, one in my perineum mm-hmm. and I have a bowel movement and then now mm-hmm. we've got E. coli. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Okay, so that's, I that's, see. Yeah. Yeah. So E. coli, which are happy and healthy little sure. bacteria living in your colon. Don't we belong all have in my they, Right. Right. Don't get them in your wound, folks. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's, that's okay. like that. Okay. So, yeah. and we've got all three of these happening in yes. HS. So you've got antibodies mm-hmm. attacking your own um, internal native structures. Mm-hmm. So that's skin and follicles and sweat glands. Yes. And then you've also got auto-inflammatory agents happening. So your body is using that. So it's both parts of the immune system. Yes. Right? Yeah, the adaptive and the innate. Uh Yes. And then you've got secondary infections. Mm. And it just... So you've got your rainbow zebra. Mm. Yeah, there it is. It's so much fun. Yeah, sounds like it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, um, and there's there's another article article that is, uh, that I found, NIH... Love NIH. Oh, good. Pub, yes. PubMed. Um, yes. So, uh, and Great again, resource. I'm going to link all those for you guys to go and read Perfect. it up. Perfect. Yes. And get your CEUs. Yes. Go learn. <laughs> Never stop learning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so what, what are some of the rules that I've heard this term cytokine storm? What oh does boy. that mean? And what role does that play in NHS? When did, can I ask you something? Mm-hmm. When did you hear cytokine storm? Probably a year ago. Oh, no, 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 no. COVID. Yeah. COVID. Yeah. I remember now. I was going to say a year ago. It so, would have been two years ago because the last three years have been felt like 50 years or five long, minutes. Yes. Awful Monday of a year or three. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Same. Um, so that's what happens. You've got all of these. So cytokines are proteins, right? So okay. they're your mm-hmm. immune system proteins and, um, each different kind. So you've heard of B cells and, mm-hmm. you know, T cells and all those things. Uh, so all of these proteins have different jobs mm-hmm. in your okay. immune system. Okay. And so when they go bananas and bonkers mm-hmm. and don't know where to go and they just start having a hooligan ass brawl and <laughs> like it just goes right haywire. it's chaos it's a brawl Total it's, chaos. again at war with itself right yes mm. and and that's what you've got going on yeah right yeah so uh, I, just on a covid note there's been some research there's a paper out there talking about hs and covid and i highly recommend you guys go look it up and, yeah it's very oh. interesting okay. very interesting okay. stuff out there yeah because it has to do with the role of the cytokines and the cytokine right. storm and, right. and the use of biologics and dmards in treating um uh covid oh okay yeah okay yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. i see the connection there yeah okay so anyway it's very cool very cool mm-hmm. but i digress that's all right. And we, and we talked about, we already talked about the microbiome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And again, like mine seems to play well with itself, mm-hmm. perfectly fine, happy. And for some reason, yours is at war with itself. Right. So what, what happens when I have an open wound that won't stop draining? Mm-hmm. And I've had it open for over a year. Why won't it heal? Mm-hmm. It has to also do with this microbiome that creates and ends up creating a biofilm. And what is a biofilm? So it's like this matrix of different types of um, bacterias that aren't necessarily... So bacterias usually like to like hang out with each other. Mm-hmm, they like, do. You know, like they like to group together in like, I'm going to hang out with my kind. Mm-hmm. Biofilm happens when different types of bacteria that usually aren't friendly end up linking up mm-hmm. and creating this like sometimes I've does it hasn't there been evidence that says that a biofilm can penetrate into the 
tissues like at least two millimeters or more. I think so. Something yeah. like it's that. Tough. So it can it's get tough. It's tough. Kind of deep. Yeah, it gets thick. Right? Yes. And it creates this like think of chain mail. That's how yes. I like to think of biofilm. Yes. It's yes. like chain mail. So it's all these different types of bacteria with these different protein structures that have linked up, mm-hmm. and it's nearly impenetrable. Mm-hmm. And it and it does not like to get destroyed. It is very strong. Right. And it slows healing. Yeah, we know it, about it in wound care. Right. Because sometimes wounds develop this biofilm. Right. And you can't see it. Nope. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's what happens because you have an altered microbiome for your skin. Mm-hmm. When you have an open wound, this biofilm immediately develops. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, in chronic wounds, rather. I, I, I wouldn't say immediately, but it takes time. And mm-hmm. it's easy easy to happen, especially with HS. So that's right. why the a lot of these wounds that have stayed open for a very long time, years in fact, mm-hmm. Will continue because it's very dis- difficult to disrupt the that microbiome. Or right. I'm sorry, the, the biofilm. biofilm. Yeah. Yes, uh-huh. yeah. To get to get through it, get rid of it, or tamp it down mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. the wound can go through its natural process of healing, right? And then go into exactly. healing. Yeah. It takes a ve- it's a very aggressive treatment to get rid of the biofilm and keep mm-hmm. it, you know, tamped back. Right. So the wound the wound can go on to heal. Right. Oh my gosh, Massa. I, I think I'm starting to see why, <laughs> right? Why it's yeah. such a long title, Hydradenitis superativa, because this is such a huge subject. It's massive. <laughs> yeah, it's totally massive. So, I mean, if everybody is okay with a cliffhanger, we'll come back to a part two and uh, readdress some things, go into other things. If you're okay with that, I'm okay with that. I think that's a great idea. All that's right. a great idea. Right. Thank you. Yep. Hey, clinicians, before I sign off, you're going to want to hear this. Hydroware, you know, the sponsors of this episode, they recently had a pilot study published in the Journal of Wound Care with study participants experiencing significant improvements in quality of life and reduction in dressing-related pain. You're going to want to check out this study. I'll link it in my show notes. Folks, this podcast was recorded in my studio on the hill in San Antonio, Texas in December of 2022. It was written and researched by Massa Karazi, BSNRN, Vora Certified Wound Care Nurse, and developed, produced, and edited by yours truly, Wound Care Karen. And I did it all while wearing teeth whitening strips. <coughs> the views... The views expressed here belong to me and my guest and not our employers or affiliates. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a five-star review. If you have ideas for future topics, drop me a line at contact at woundcarekaren.com or message me on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. I'm Wound Care Karen, and please remember folks, time does not heal all wounds. So if that happens, please seek help from a wound care professional. Bye. Bye.